Pastor Community Church, what is up? Welcome to church. Sorry, man. Sorry, I almost interrupted you. Gosh, we're so rusty. I know, right? We're so... And look, you're going to get tired of seeing my face, and you're going to miss that man, (laughs) Elijah Shirelli, but... You might get to see him a little bit later on Maybe. in the service. Maybe I we'll, think. we'll get to that. We'll get yeah. to that later. Okay. But I All like right. the suspense. I like yeah. the way you Thank think. You. Yeah. Welcome to church. We're glad you're here. I'm yes. Ellis Hobson. I'm Tanner Iglio. That's right. And we're glad you joined us today. If you're excited to be here, let us know you're here. Go in the chat. If you're watching on a computer or a tablet, it's over there. If it's on a phone, I think it's down here. I think maybe if you're on a tablet, it's down there. I don't know. It's in <laughs> one of these places. It's somewhere. Go in the chat. Tell us you're here. And if you do that, you might just get. A special shout out, like what we're about to do. Who's our shout out this week, man? You want to you do the honors? Sure. You take it. This sure. Time. All right. Our weekly shout out this week is for Cindy Bondowski from Grand Marsh, Wisconsin. Ooh. Look, in my mind, it's just always cold in Wisconsin. I know it's summer right now, but I feel like she's she probably barely has power just watching <laughs> on her computer, and it's just like two feet of snow outside, even though it's August. It's crazy to me that in some places it's like. It gets like 65 degrees and people are like, like oh, oh my God, it's so hot. Oh my gosh. <sighs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I would Honestly, I would take some of that. Right oh, now. it's been Compared crazy it around here so, lately. Yeah, absolutely. Cindy, thanks for watching. Thanks for filling out a welcome card. We're so glad you're here. If you want a chance to get a shout out just like that one, go in the chat, fill out the welcome card. We would love to know that you were here. Yeah, we love knowing when you guys join us because we care about you guys and your spiritual journey. And we love that we get to be a part of that. That's right. Tanner, there's a million things going on here. There is. There's a lot. Take your pick. What do you want to talk about? So we talked about this last week. Yeah. We like to brag about students because we both work with students here, and Elijah does too when he's up here talking. And uh, we just had our first week of student ministry back in for the new school year, and it was amazing. It was it, pretty awesome. Here at Powhatan, it was so good. I'm sure at other campuses, it was a great experience too. And just because we just started, it's not too late. At any time in the school year, if you have a student who's interested in coming, that's we consider that 6th to 12th grade. Mm-hmm. We would love to have you and find out which, if you're near a physical campus, find out what night your campus meets because it's not always on Sunday nights. So we would love to see you at students. That's right. And we are with the online campus. So for the online yeah. crowd, you can check out our small group content, yes. our YouTube channel. Search PCC Students. You'll see the little swirl. All our messages go up yeah, there, so yeah. we would love if you would come check us out. Smash that subscribe button. Like and subscribe. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah, well, you, you know, you, you got to. <laughs> hey, there is a really huge church-wide event coming up, though, 
on the 12th, which if you're watching this on Sunday is a week from today. If you're watching this later in the week, it'll be the coming up Sunday. But September 12th, what do we have going on? Tell them what's up. Just, uh, just you know, baptism. Oh, just, just a all, baptism. Just baptism oh my gosh, I'm so stoked for that. And if you are around the central Virginia area, if you're watching from home around there and you'd like to be a part of the baptism, it will be outside. So if you're you know, still cautious about COVID, we totally understand, but you are welcome at this event. It's going to be at Westview on the James, mm-hmm. which if you've been at a church-wide baptism, with us before. It's going to be where we normally have it. That's going to be at three o'clock on the afternoon of the 12th. And you don't have to just know someone who's getting baptized to be there. We treat this like a church-wide celebratory event. I'm talking like over a hundred people show up and every time somebody comes out of that water, we're cheering, shouting, and it's an awesome time of celebration as a church community. That's right. You won't want to miss that. And as you said, it's an incredible time of community. And another place where community is built is in small groups. And that season is coming up right around the corner. And we're looking for people who will step up and be small group leaders. If you want to help people find real life change, Mm -hmm. get to know God and get to know each other better, consider being a small group leader. And you can find out more about what that's going to look like by coming to our launch and lead rally, uh, which will be coming up on October 4th online, special for you guys. Mm -hmm. You'll get all the details you need there, find out everything you need to know. And if you feel even like a little pull, a little interest, yeah, go to this training, see what it entails, and see if God is trying to pull you towards that. What's really cool about this opportunity and about leading a small group in general is some people may be like, we want to be a part of the community, but we can't quite find one. So we mm-hmm. encourage you to maybe be the catalyst, the starting point. Mm-hmm. And, but you may be thinking, that's a heavy load. I'm not sure if I'm ready to carry that. But trust us, it's not. We try to make it as easy as possible for you guys to be involved. So if you're even willing to just open your home to hosting a small group and being the leader, you'll get all of the content ahead of time. It's it's nothing on you guys. It comes to you and then you guys can just help facilitate the discussion with questions provided, follow-up videos. We make it as easy as possible because ultimately we just want you guys to experience getting real with your church community. And at PCC, we believe that that happens in small groups. That's right. And that can be an option for you online as well. You can lead an online small group. It yes. doesn't have to be yes. just in person. So um, there are plenty of options available, and we would love, if you're interested, to come to that training and see what it's all about. Absolutely. And we already gave one shout-out today. Yeah. We gave our shout-out you know, to our welcome card folks out there, Cindy. But we have another special shout-out coming later on in the service. Brian Pope is going to have something for you Roanoke folk out there. Mm. So make sure, if you are in that community, that you're paying attention when we get to the hosting and giving part. That's right. So we start a new series today. What's it called? It's called Relationship Goals. Excellent. And, uh, you know, a guy we know pretty well and enjoy hearing talk mm. is uh, might be giving the message today. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you'll want to be here for that. And it's going to be a kickoff to a great series. It's just about that time. So, Tanner, would you pray for us? And then we'll get ready for church. Absolutely. God, we're so grateful that we get to be here together, even through a screen. God, we know that we just heard from Brian Pope last week that, There's no distance or depth or anything that can separate us from you, God, and we believe that's true right now, even as we're sitting at computer screens and we're physically apart from each other, we're together in spirit and in heart with our people around us in our church and in your church around the world, God. So I pray that you fill our hearts, fill the spaces around us, and walk with us as we worship you and learn about you and invest in our faith journey so that we can just always better represent you and be closer to you. God, we're so grateful for what you've given to us, and we can't wait to see what's to come because you are so good all the time. We love you, we thank you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. It's time for church. Awesome. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. 
We'll see you guys in there. See you in there. At PCC, we take Jesus seriously. When he said, love God with all your heart, we think he actually meant it. So, we do. about God from passionate teachers. We make worship and studying the Bible a daily part of our lives. We wrestle with Scripture together and on our own. And we go wherever He leads us to help others do the same thing. Jesus also said, love your neighbor as yourself. And we think He meant that too. So we spend time together because we think relationships matter. We offer help when it's needed. We live generously. We give sacrificially. And we welcome everybody. We take Jesus seriously, but not ourselves. We're the least likely people with the most amazing God and a passionate vision to love God and to love others. To reach people who don't go to church so that we can all know God, discover purpose, get real, make a difference, and be the change. And we are so glad you are here today. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Right now in our world, there are a lot of things that are happening outside of the walls of wherever you are. And specifically, I'm talking about folks who are coming in from a war-torn country in Afghanistan and folks who are returning to their homes right now after Hurricane Ida in Louisiana. Folks who have had everything taken away from them. And many of you are asking, how can we help these folks? How can our church help them? And we're going to provide you some ways to be able to do that. So today you can go to pccwire.net. You can go to all of our social media platforms. Make sure you subscribe to them because we'll keep you updated there. And you can find out ways that you can help Folks, as they come into our country and folks, as they rebuild their lives in Louisiana, one of our purposes here at PCC is to be the change. And we believe in that so strongly. So we look forward to equipping you and equipping our entire church to help folks in need. Moreover, we want to take this moment at the beginning of our service today to pray for these folks. So would you pray with me? Can we lift these folks up to God right now? God, we thank you so much for all that you are and all that you've done for us. But God, right now, as we prepare our hearts to worship, we know that there are folks who don't even have the resources to go about their daily lives. So God, thank you for calling us into mission with you and encouraging us to love our neighbors and to take care of folks, whether they're 
our neighbors to the south in Louisiana or our neighbors from another country who are coming here to establish their lives, God. Help us to be the change that you want us to be. Help us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves and as we love you. God, we thank you for this day and for the ability to come together and worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, right now, we're getting ready to worship. So wherever you are, hop on your feet. Stay in the seat. Doesn't even matter. Just worship with us. Come on.
service today as we celebrate the nine people who were baptized last Sunday at our Midlothian campus. They are the new names written down in glory and we're not done yet. Seeing people take their next steps as they follow Jesus is incredible. So let's continue to sing and focus our praise and our worship on Jesus, our foundation, our cornerstone.
trumpet sound Oh may I then in him be found Dressed in his righteousness alone Faultless stand before the throne. Oh. Christ the cornerstone, weak and made strong in the Savior's love.
And so these folks come today, God, to, to tell everyone around them that Jesus is Lord, director of their lives. And we celebrate with them. Bless this day, this special occasion, and show up, God. We're counting on your presence in the name of Jesus. That's next Sunday, September 12th, one of the most exciting days of the year, our all-church baptism. You can get more information and sign up online at pccwire.net. And whether you're interested in getting baptized or just want to join us as we celebrate, it's a gathering that you do not want to miss. I'm Brian Pope, Powhatan Campus Pastor, here to welcome you to church today with a special shout out to all of you who are joining us from Roanoke, Virginia. That's right. Hey, Roanoke, how are you guys doing? We see you all down there and we're glad that you are here today. And if you haven't filled out a welcome card, please take a moment to do that. Just let us know that you're here. And we're gonna do something a little special this week with those welcome cards. We're going to have a drawing and somebody is going to get this awesome book by Michael Todd called Relationship Goals. All you have to do is fill that out, click the button right there and it might be you. We start this series today called Relationship Goals. And over the next five weeks, we're going to explore some specific ways uh, that we interact with God and with one another as parents, as kids, as married couples, as single people, because here's the thing. God created us to connect with other people. So he's given us some guidance on how to do it well and how to navigate problem areas. We really believe that God wants us all to thrive in our relationships and find healing where it's needed. So you might want to invite a friend to join you, even right now as you're watching or on a rebroadcast of this service. And we also want to encourage you to invest in some relationships by connecting with a small group here at PCC. Because we have small groups that are online, we have the small groups that are in person and they're just getting started. So there's room for you. We aren't meant to do life alone. And surrounding ourselves with others who are investing in their spiritual lives is a great way to develop meaningful, healthy relationships. Everything that we do is focused on our mission to reach people who don't go to church so that we can all live the fullest lives possible through Jesus. And investing in healthy relationships is essential to having full, healthy lives in our relationships with others and with God. See, it's not just about what happens in this service, but throughout the week. And we pour our energy into this hour and additional ways to support your spiritual journey. Things like growth track and small groups and dream team opportunities. All of it is here for you. And the beautiful thing about it all is this. Your generosity helps fuel these efforts. Because of your financial gifts, we're able to help build strong families and help folks discover their purpose. If you've never given to PCC, today is a great time to start. 
You can give safely online through the link in the chat or through our website, or do it the old-fashioned way, mail or drop a check off at one of our local campuses. Either way, your gifts make a difference. They help us to achieve the kind of relationship goals that honor God and honor one another. We're so grateful for your partnership today. And I want to take a moment, if you will, pray with me to thank God for all he's done. Would you pray with me? God, we're so excited for church today. And we're so excited that we get to worship you. And we thank you, God, because you're a God who provides everything for us. You give everything that we need. But God, you also give us this great opportunity, this opportunity to come alongside you, to be part of the mission that you've given our church, to reach people who don't go to church so that we can all live full lives in Jesus. God, today we come and we bring our offerings, we bring our gifts, we bring our resources and our money, knowing that God, you'll bless them, that you'll multiply them, that you'll help us to connect people, build relationships, and draw them closer to you. God, that's all that we want. That and to follow you with everything that we have. So God, we look to you for direction. We lean on you. And we look for you for hope. God, we love you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
Hey everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Family Facts. I'm Elijah Shirelli, your host, and I've got a bunch of my friends here with me today. I've got parents in the back right here, Josh, Angie, and Paul, and I got kids in the front, Annie, Tanner, and Caleb. We're really excited to play this game with you. Here's how it works. If you've ever seen the newlywed game, that's essentially how it goes. What's going to happen is I'm going to ask them a question, and our kids are going to answer it about themselves. Our parents, however, are going to answer it about their kids. And then when I count to three, they're going to reveal their answers. And if they match, yay, they know family facts about one another. If they don't, well, maybe you need to work on some stuff. I don't know. We'll figure that out later, though. We're really excited for family facts. Are you guys ready to play today? So ready. So ready. I'm going to get on my questions. We're going to start with an easy one which I think is an easy one anyway. All right, here we go. What is your favorite junk food? Parents, answered about your kids. Turn around. There you go. There you go. Turn around. Kids, what's your favorite junk food? This should be good. I mean, I could, this would be really hard for me because like I have a lot of favorite junk foods. As you, oh, okay, we won't go there. But <laughs> kids love junk food. That's just the truth. So y'all should have, this might actually, I said it was easy. It might actually be hard for your parents. But we are... We're really, I'm ready for this. Are, is everybody ready? Caleb is, Caleb is not ready. He changed his answer. I told you it was hard. I told you it was hard, particularly for him. Are you looking, Paul? Don't look. He's writing. He's writing. Okay. All right. Well, don't look because he's, he's writing. Okay. Well, if everybody's ready, if everybody's ready, we're going to flip on three. One, two, three. Reveal. Okay. 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 Let's see what we got here. Josh wrote cheese balls. And Annie wrote pizza, so we're not really going to count that one. Good try, good try. Angie wrote Skittles. Tanner wrote candy. Yeah, that's a win. Uh, I mean, okay, okay, all right, fine. Paul wrote Reese cup, and Caleb wrote candy. That one doesn't count, though. What? <laughs> that one doesn't count. All right, we'll, we'll, get, we'll give one point to those. Y'all, you missed it. But it's okay. There's more chances. There's more chances. We're going to move on to question two. All right? Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you, I'm gonna throw you a hard one, okay? What's your friend or what's your kid's most repeated sentence or phrase? What do they say the most? What do they say over and over and over again? Kids, you know they love to repeat themselves. Yeah, right. No bad words. No bad words. We're in church, y'all, okay? We're in church. But what is your most repeated sentence or phrase. It could be a single word too, but you got to think about this one because there's probably a lot as well. I'm excited to see these. I, I think I could guess Tanner's, to be honest. I mean, he might as well be my kid. You know, we're, <laughs> we're that close. But <clears throat> anyway, all right, we're, looks like we're pretty close. Looks like we're pretty close. Here we go. Yeah, Tanner is taking a long time. All right, here we go. We're ready. Three, two, one, reveal. <laughs> All right, we got an I don't know and a what's up. So, Angie, and you don't know what's up. Bruh. <laughs> Angie wrote bruh, bruh, and Tanner wrote smoking hot wife. He does say that a lot, okay? He has a wife, by the way, okay. And Paul wrote, oh my gosh, and Caleb wrote, what? <laughs> so, all right, nobody gets points that time. I knew that one was going to be hard. I knew that one was going to be hard, but it was fun. It was fun. All right, I'll throw, you a, I'll throw you a little easier one. I'll throw you a little easier one, all right? What is your kid's favorite drink? What is your kid's favorite drink? Come on. All right, this should be easy. This should be easy. 
I think this is easier than the, the phrase one. This is the easier than the phrase one. All right, we're going to reveal in three, two, one. Reveal water and water. Yes, there you go. Dr. Pepper and Diet Dr. Pepper. No, that doesn't count. They are different. They come in different cans. They come in different cans. Lightning lemon and lemoned. <laughs> Lemonade. <That's, laughs> there's some lemon in there. There's some lemon in there. Oh, oh, that's, oh, well, there's some diet. <laughs> <laughs> there's some diet in there. All right, all right, all right. Well, I'm. Yeah, they got the water. Got it. So that's a that's a three-way tie. One, yes. All right. So here's the tiebreaker. This is our last question, kids. You're going to answer this about your parents. Okay. You're going to answer this about your parents. Parents, answer for yourself. All right, what is the most obnoxious thing your parent does? What's the most obnoxious thing your parent does? Remember, no bad words here, people. The most, yeah, parents, you got to write it for yourself. You got to write it for yourself. Caleb's like, there's too many. He's, 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 he's flabbergasted over there. He does not know where he could go with this. What is the most obnoxious thing about your parents? We're just fostering great relationships around here. You know, we're just going to get all our dirt out on the platform today. It's going to be great. But, all right, let's got five seconds, all right? Here we go. Reveal on three. One, two, three. Reveal. Bad singing and too sarcastic. I can't tell when he's not. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Buy clothes for him. He won't wear like pants and interrupt stories to ask questions. Like a lot. <laughs> and do your chores and nothing. I didn't think of hey, that's fine. Oh, no. Oh, I just noticed. Oh. On, on that alone, Paul and Caleb are going to take the win today because that was so sweet. Congratulations, you guys. Hey, thank you all so much for watching the first ever episode of Family Facts. We'll see you next time. Now, I'm not saying that my mom and I would have won that game, but... I'm pretty sure we would have competed for the top spot. You see, me, her, my two brothers, and my dad were a tight-knit group growing up. Here we are. I'm the youngest of three, and a few years after my mom and biological father divorced, Andy, who's all the way on the end, came into our family. I was four when they started dating and almost seven when they got married. I still had a relationship with my father until he passed away over two years ago but it was a bit of an estranged one. I have about a billion cousins from all over the East Coast, and my family regularly welcomed many a teenager over to the house for extended periods of time so my brothers and I could host our friends. Of course, it wasn't all great, though. My brothers and I, we didn't always get along. Our family didn't always see eye to eye. I wish to this day that my relationship with my father was better. And I have a lot of questions that can't be answered about all of that. And there are things I would change about how I handled some friendships, if I could, and things I would want to say to some friends who hurt me. But that's how it is for all of us, isn't it? I mean, let's face it. None of us were raised by wild animals. Every one of us has relationships. Whether you grew up with your parents or in an orphanage, you were raised by people. Whether you had trouble making friends or you didn't, there was always somebody you interacted with. 
Relationships are unavoidable. We all have them, and they're extremely important. Which is why today we start a new series called Relationship Goals. Because we believe that we were never supposed to do life alone. From the very beginning, God knew that we would need one another. And whether you're married, have kids, or you're single, we all have relationships that God has something to say about. He designed our human connections, especially our families, to be fulfilling, meaningful, and essential to our lives and walks with Christ. So come with us. Be here every week as we explore the pages of the Bible for instruction and inspiration on how to get our relationships right. And with that in mind, let's start with parents and kiddos. Well, that's what I call mine anyway. I have the absolute pleasure of being a dad to this kiddo right here, Oakland. She's my beautiful introvert that's actually an extrovert as long as her people are around. She's three now, which totally blows my mind, and I can't remember a lot about my life before her. Anyone here who's a parent of a kid that was born more than a month ago, heck, more than a week ago, understands this. Our kids are born, and it becomes the pivot point for us. Life before kids becomes a faded memory, and from that moment on, we become mom, or in my case, dad. And that's where I am in my life right now. And that's part of the reason Brian asked me to speak on parenting today. Now that I am a parent, I'm very close to three critical areas of what I would call kiddum. Yes, that is not incorrect. It says kiddum. And what I mean by this word that I made up is, to put it simply, the world of kids. Just everything that encompasses kids. And the three critical areas I'm close to and referring to are as follows. The first is, is I have a kid, as we just talked about. The second is, is I was a kid recently, like really only over a decade ago, barely would I fit into this category. And third, I've spent a lot of time with kids via student ministry here at the church. And because I have this proximity to kiddum, I've been able to learn, experience, and observe what great Jesus-centered parenting looks like for many years now. And all of these things are molding me into a better parent. My hope is that they will do the same for you. The truth is, there are only two people who have ever existed without earthly parents. God made Adam and Eve out of nothing. No biological procreation required. He just molded some dirt, breathed life into it, and bam, the first man and woman. But from then on, beginning with their firstborn Cain, all the way to you and me today, every human being has had a parent. So naturally, the Bible says a lot about parenting. And while I don't have time to cover all of it today, I want to spend our time on three critical truths about it. And we'll begin with the most important one. The foundation of great parenting is leading by example. The foundation of great parenting is leading by example. A few weeks ago, I was in my home office on my computer while Oakland was taking a nap. And my wife Megan was at the store. So, using the downtime that I don't get a lot of these days, with one eye on the monitor watching Oakland sleep, and the house to myself, I decided to play some video games. For me, video games are great mind mushers, I call them. They let me turn my brain off and completely relax, which I'm finding I need more and more of these days. So, I have my headphones on, 
casually playing away with a few of my friends when Oakland walks in the office. Squinting at me between her still sleepy eyes, she says to me, what are you doing, daddy? In her sweet little voice. To which I replied, I'm playing some video games, kiddo. Just wait right here. I'll be done in five minutes. Okay, she said as she watched. As I went back to my game, I started talking to my friends again, getting back into that little rhythm. But after about a minute or so of that, Oakland looked right at me and said, I'm going to say everything you say, Daddy. Her words didn't really register with me at the moment because I was kind of focused on the game. But true to her word, she followed through and repeated everything I was saying. Hey, guys, we got one on the left. Hey, guys, we got one on the left. Yo, 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 over here. Yo, 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 over here. <laughs> ah, dang it, I'm down. She, she was like, ah, dang it, I'm down. <laughs> Just like me. She kept on mimicking my words, inflection and tone as much as she could until I was done. And I'll never forget this moment because it was the first time I think I completely understood it could see my influence on her. She was literally repeating my words. She made the importance of my example perfectly clear. And the more I watch her, the more I understand that she's watching me. And this is true for every parent or parental figure. Your kids are always watching you and your example. Whether it's as obvious and full of words as the story I just told, or subtle and wordless, your kids are looking to you for their cues on how to navigate their lives. In their early childhood years, research shows that you, as their parents, are almost the exclusive source from which they draw everything. Social cues, manners, how to respond in certain situations, which inflection and tone to use when talking to other kids and adults, and most importantly, their faith. This is why the Bible puts so much emphasis on teaching our kids well when it says in Deuteronomy, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give, you your, to give your ancestors, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. Now there's so much great information in this particular passage of Scripture but contrary to popular belief, this passage wasn't really meant for you and me. These words were spoken by Moses to a specific group of people at a specific time in history thousands of years ago. Meaning we can take some things out of here and apply it, but we can't apply all of it one-to-one -to, -one to our lives. However, many years later, Solomon would write these words to broaden the audience. Start children off the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. You see, this was written to anyone and everyone who would read it, no matter who they were. And as if that wasn't enough, the Apostle Paul would double down on this sentiment many years later in his letter to the Ephesians, when he writes this, Fathers or parents, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord teaching our children the way they should go and bringing them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord is most effectively done when we lead by example. It's part of what God did for us when he sent Jesus. 
See, Jesus came to save us from our sins, yes, but he also came to lead by example, showing us what a life pursuing God and his purpose for us looks like. We're to do the same for our children. Here's one, play, here's one way this is played out in my house. Now, this will sound a bit foolish and futile at first, but hear me out, hear me out. Whenever Oakland acts up and throws one of her signature tantrums over, I don't know, the fact she can't eat a popsicle after we've just gone out for ice cream. It's happened. It would be so easy for me to get bent out of shape and angry when she refuses to listen to me say no for 30 straight minutes. And I'd be lying if I said I never did get frustrated. Most of the time, though, I try to call back to one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible that says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So instead of getting frustrated, I listen. I entertain her attempt to convince me that the popsicle is a good idea. I'm quick to listen and slow to speak. And of course, she's never actually going to get the popsicle. But I'm not listening thinking she might convince me. Instead, I'm modeling what it looks like to listen. I'm showing her by my example that we ought to be quick to listen, regardless of how silly a conversation is. And I'll say that there are times where no just needs to mean no for our kids. So I can't do this in every scenario, and you shouldn't either. Our kids need to also understand that sometimes dad, mom said it, and that's just what it means. But I think we're all pretty good at teaching our kids that. And this idea, being quick to listen, is one that I struggle with a lot. So I want to instill this in her so she doesn't struggle the same way I do. And that's the part that feels futile, right? I mean, she's three. She doesn't understand all of that nuance. She doesn't understand what I'm doing. She doesn't get it. I know that. But the reason I'm doing it now is this. One day, it'll click. One day, she'll understand it. And I'll be the first to admit, I have no clue when that day's going to be. But when it comes, I want her to be able to look back at every moment she's had and say, yeah, my parents have always done that. My parents have always made it a point to let me speak and listen to me. It must be important for me to treat others that same way, too. And in that way, I try my best to model everything Jesus is teaching me in my home. The way I love my wife, the way I talk to each of them, the way I treat myself, the words I say and how I say them, and more. Because I know Oakland is always watching and learning from me. And so I'm going to do everything I can to lead her by example. Because the foundation of great parenting is leading by example. But boy, can it be hard. Always being on your A game, living is the perfect example of what it looks like to follow Jesus, and everything you do is something that none of us achieve all the time, ever. It's literally an impossible standard. And as life gets busier and we have more kids, more demands at work, more stuff to maintain, and what feels like less and less time to take care of it all, sometimes... Sometimes it gets away from us. It happens to everyone, and there are no exceptions. Which is why the second thing I want to talk about today, and that's critical to great parenting, is it takes all of us. You've maybe heard the cliche, it takes a village. Well, a lot of cliches are that for a reason. Because it takes 
all of us. Parenting is something that was never meant for just mom and dad. Because while a child only has one set of biological parents, they have dozens of influences, and each of them play a critical role in a child's development, growth, behavior, and belief system. There's been plenty of research done on this subject, and almost all of it concludes that by the time a child reaches adolescence, which is roughly 9, 10, 11 years old, the influence of their peers increases dramatically. And this makes sense. As our kids reach this age, they become progressively more independent and able to form close bonds with people beyond mom and dad. So using the tools that we modeled for them in their early childhood, both good and bad, they start finding friends and other adults who will begin adding their own influence. And whether we like it or not, People from all walks of life will have a direct influence on our children that will last a lifetime. And for some of us, this makes us a little nervous, doesn't it? Knowing that the people our kids will be around at their school, at their work, at their dance class, or on their lacrosse team, knowing that they have so much influence on them, we want to do whatever we can to make sure their influence is a positive one. And I don't so much have to worry about this with Oakland just yet. But of course I'm already thinking about it because I know it matters. So what do we do? Here's an idea that I'm quite fond of and have a bit of experience with. Bring your kids to church. Bring your kids to church. Every Sunday morning at one of our physical locations, we have meticulously created a fun, inviting, healthy, and safe space for your children. They learn about and experience the love of God while being influenced by amazing dream teamers and staff who will lead them by example, just like you do. They dance, they sing, they worship, they play, they yell like a lot, they jump, they create, and they learn together. But most importantly, they meet other kids who are starting the same journey as they are, their journey of faith. And when they graduate fifth grade, and they're ready to leave PCC kids, and they enter middle school, they'll be ready to go for PCC students. Here, we facilitate small groups almost every night of the week between all of our physical campuses and dig deep into the big questions of our faith in Jesus. We spend a lot of time doing a lot of the same things they do in PCC kids. We play, we run, we jump, they are still yelling a lot, we worship, and there's a lot more. Except now, we're hyper-aware of the influence that everyone is having on each other. So we intentionally keep kids together by age and grade so they can grow up together, learn from one another, and form strong bonds with people who are wrestling with their faith the way they are. And our hope is that by the time students enter adulthood and graduate from our ministry, they'll have taken hold of their own faith and continue to work it out as they enter the next chapter of their lives. And if we've done everything God has called us to, They'll have the tools they need to choose their own influences moving forward. And they'll do it well because they've seen how much it matters. And I know all of this because I work in PCC students here at PCC. But not only that, I am that student. See, I started attending PCC in 2007 when we were at Powhatan High School. I was 16 at the time, well into my adolescence, and I already knew the importance of good influences on me because my parents taught me well. So I started attending PCC student small groups. I began creating close friendships with other 
students. One of these students was Tanner Iglio. Now, before we were this close, and I was just coming in 2007, we weren't that tight. We weren't this tight. Being three years apart in age meant that I, as one of the elite high schoolers, would have been hanging around with a middle schooler, which was completely and utterly unacceptable. I had a reputation to uphold, you know, not going to do it. But literally rubbing shoulders with him back then planted the seeds that would eventually become our friendship today. And 14 years later, he is without a doubt my best friend. He inspires me to be a better husband, friend, mentor to our students, leader, teacher, and most importantly, devoted follower of Jesus Christ. His influence in my life has reached a place where I can no longer measure it. And aside from my wife and my immediate family, he has been the most impactful person on me. And I only met him because I was brought here. And while Tanner might be the most influential, I have dozens of other positive, critical influences all around me because my parents brought me to church. Ellis, Brian, Angie, Beth, Brian Pope, Lindsay, Becca, Lenny, Paul, Madison, Mark, the list of influences on me is long. And all of those people I either met right here at PCC or I grew close to them here. And any time I make a poor decision or say something I shouldn't or am lacking in any area of my life, these people will come to me with candor and help me get back on track. And I understand that not every child has this experience in church when they grow up. But they'll never have the chance if they never come. And when done the way God intended, our influence on one another makes everyone better, especially our kids. As Proverbs famously says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And this is what we should all want for our kids an environment where they can be sharpened by adults and by one another in a way that leads them to authentic faith in Jesus. Parents simply can't give them that on their own. It takes all of us. And the hope of every parent is that one day, because we led by example well and we helped our kids find high-quality influences, they'll grow into adults who make good decisions, are contributing citizens, selfless, and helpful members of society all of which are the natural fruit that comes from a devotion to Jesus. But no matter how hard we try, this doesn't always happen, does it? For some of us, it seems like every foundational value or important lesson we tried to teach our children as they were growing up didn't stick. And as they become adults, they begin making unhealthy choices and decisions that have a negative impact on themselves and those around them. And as their parent, you often feel affected by these decisions, even if they don't have anything to do with you. Because even though they're not a child anymore, they'll always be your child. And you feel responsible or guilty in a way for their harmful and hurtful choices. In the Bible, there's a story from the book of 1 Samuel about a man named Eli. Eli was a good and powerful man, well-respected and revered in his community, 
And based on everything we know of him, he was a good father to his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. By nature of being Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas were placed in positions of power once they reached adulthood. However, they abused that power. They stole from, lied to, threatened, and took advantage of the people they were supposed to serve. And Eli carried around the guilt and shame because of the actions of his sons. In the weight of it all, made him neglect his ongoing role as their father. He rarely tried to correct their behavior. And in the end, he, his family, and their legacy was destroyed. Not only because of the actions of Eli's sons, but also because Eli crumbled under the pressure of guilt and shame from owning their mistakes and giving up his role as their parent. This cautionary tale from the Bible, it's not designed to scare us. It's there to remind us of the importance of parenting, and it never goes away. It's there to show us that we don't have to be like Eli, and yet, I believe there are a lot of parents and important influences out there today who feel like he did. So to you, let me say this. Let go of the guilt. This is the third key component to great parenting I want to touch on today. Because I believe we don't talk about it enough. Parents, you must find a way to let go of the guilt you carry as a result of your adult child's actions. Some of you blame yourselves because you feel like you were a bad parent. You didn't spend enough time with them when they were younger. Maybe you were too hard on them. Maybe you weren't hard enough. You beat yourself up for not setting a great example or doing enough to get good influences in their lives. Others of you know that you've done your best so far. Nobody's perfect, but you feel like you did everything you could to help guide them. You were intentional about your time together. You led by example. You got them around other amazing, positive people, and you can't understand why. They've grown up and done what they've done. Wherever you are, and even if there is some truth in your perceived shortcomings as a parent, letting yourself be dragged down by the weight of your guilt and shame will hinder you from being the great parent you are still called to be. Because until your time on earth is done, the privilege of being a parent continues on, and you can still lead your child by your example. Everything I said earlier about this still applies. Love your spouse well, and if you have grandchildren, love them well too. Love God with everything that you've got. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry, and do all of it daily because your influence still matters. So let go of the guilt and be the parent you're still called to be. In the end, being a parent or a direct influence of a child is holy and sacred. God entrusts you and me to take his children, people created in his image, and raise them to be people who love him, pursue him, and love others like Jesus does. And if we can let go of the guilt that weighs us down, we'll model for our kids the same disposition and love God has shown us. He doesn't own our mistakes. God doesn't blame himself for our failures, although we're his children. Instead, 
He continues to guide us and correct us. He also reminds us that we're never too far gone to turn our lives around. Let's emulate that same thing for our children. If we're intentional about getting our kids into church and surrounding them with the right influences, they'll find genuine, authentic communities that can go with them for the rest of their lives. Jesus did this with his disciples. He grouped them together, knowing they would spur one another on and sharpen each other like iron. And he told them to keep growing the circle. We can help our kids find that too. And if we commit to lead by example, we'll give our kids a roadmap to how to navigate a world that is so very easy to get lost in, as Jesus did for us. It wasn't enough for Jesus to simply tell us how to live a life that honors God. He lived it. We must do the same for our children too. So parents, parental figures, teachers, and mentors, let's do it. Let's love our children how God taught us to. And someday, as they go out and change the world, may we watch as they love their children the same way. You don't have to do this alone. We have small groups where you can find support and encouragement and learn more about relationships. We even have specific groups designed to strengthen your parenting skills. You can sign up for one of those right now. There are lots of opportunities to join or even lead a small group as we get ready to launch our fall study emphasis. This is the time to get involved. You can find out more information about groups and about small group leader training at pccwire.net. We wanna help you achieve your relationship goals. So I hope you'll plan to continue your spiritual journey by joining us right here next week.
you